Cool 97 Radio. Singles live on the nation's coolest Cool 97 FM and uh, we're entering our talks segment. But first, I want to say happy anniversary, Dr. Milton Hardy. One year um, of you joining us inside Singles Live and being a part of the Singles Live family. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Boy, oh it boy. has been a pleasure. Yes, yes. And how does time fly? How does time fly? How does time fly? Um, you have taught us a lot. Our listeners have gravitated towards you. I hear the warm voice of Dr. Hardy. <laughs> but then again, he comes with some jolting information that sometimes I have to take deep breaths when I learn of um, the things, especially when it concerns women's health and um, all the ills that is out there, but also some of the positives. Uh, tonight we're going to be looking at a very happy topic for yes, most. It's a joyous topic. Yes. Pregnancy. Pregnancy. Yes, Dre over there <laughs> bopping his head. <laughs> Can be a very costly um, yes. situation. Yes. Um, In fact, it starts a cost for, for life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can be. So it's worth um, planning and thinking yes. about. So tonight we're going to be looking at all the beginning to the end. You know, from the good stuff. To the bad stuff. No, <laughs> there's no bad stuff. <laughs> to the better stuff. Uh, I want to remind you also that this talk segment is brought to you by Alternative Skin Care. The only choice. Feel the difference in your skin with handmade organic soaps. Alternative Skin Care products help with most skin conditions such as eczema, acne, dry skin, and hyperpigmentation. Find us on social media at shop ALT skincare or email shop ALT skincare at gmail.com. And remember, you can find these soaps at KW Bloombox, Face Forward Cosmetics, Fontana Waterloo, and Montego Bay. And you can place your order online at shop ALT skincare on IG. So, <clears throat> Dr. Hardy, pregnancy, what's the big deal? You just have sex and you, you're expecting um, to get pregnant. That is if you choose to get pregnant at that particular time. But a lot of persons would say, boy, we never did plan. It just so happens that we were having intercourse Fun, yes. We'll drink one too many rum punch, <laughs> and da da, pregnancy occur. But is it a little bit more than that, though? Oh yes, it is. It is far more than that. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, pregnancy usually occurs because of unprotected intercourse. However, one cannot discount the people who have contraceptive failures because mm -hmm. that happens too and they can fall pregnant and of course and what is available locally in Jamaica we do have 
assisted reproductive technologies whereby people may be assisted to become pregnant, whether this be by intrauterine insemination or straight in vitro fertilization, IVF. Mm-hmm. You know, the test your baby. So it, it, it is a little bit more than unprotected sex because you could actually make all the efforts in the world to protect yourself yet there's a contraceptive failure. Mm-hmm. So that happens too. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about the IVF and um, other ways of becoming pregnant and its availability here in Jamaica. How popular is it? For the folks who require assisted reproductive technologies, mm-hmm. it is popular. Mm-hmm. And um, this is a digression. Infertility is not uncommon, you know. You, for example, will find it might not be so apparent because you might see a child in the house, but the child don't belong to both pe- both people in the house. Uh, basically, infertility is about affects about fifteen percent of couples, you know, and that, and that is is a high number. It's a very high number. So it is quite a common problem. And coming back to what you just said, do people gravitate towards this? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. You might not know about it. And um, what I find, though, that people should try to back off of their unkindness. For example, you might see a couple and they have no children. And they're really trying like God knows. And people come up to them and say, what are they doing? What are they waiting for? What are they waiting for? Don't do that. Because many of them are actually trying at great cost. Mm -hmm. And nothing has happened. So always remember that when you see a couple who have no children. Um... So we're, let, let us let us let us move um, in in this direction when we talk about ovulation, and we're going to be talking about sperm count. And I want to segue to that um, to say that sometimes I'm not saying all the time you'll find persons looking at the woman to say that she could be the problem and not really focusing. Um, on, on, on the men to say that they could be a factor in terms of um, not being able to get pregnant. Well, I'll drop a bombshell on you uh, from the very beginning because male factor infertility equals female factor infertility. It, it is far more common than the men would like to admit to. Yet they don't, do they? Some of them do. And even though women don't um, admit to um, this high number, you know, mm-hmm. but in half of the cases where there is infertility, there is some component of the male factor. Okay. So let us now look at ovulation. Yes. And what is occurring at this time for pregnancy to take place? All right. And we will... Again, make another digression to mm-hmm. the menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the period, the lining of the womb begins to develop. So to our several follicles in the ovaries, or in, and, 
in the ovary because yeah, only one work at a time. They alternate each month. Really? Yes, really. Oh. So you will have several follicles being developed. But invariably, one becomes a lead follicle, and that's the one that's going to ovulate. Mm-hmm. All right? And as I always tell the students, the whole process of ovulation is the rupturing of a cyst. That's what ovulation is. And that is why some people can actually tell when they ovulate, because they get this pain when this cyst ruptures. Mm-hmm. And this tends to happen, listen very carefully, 14 days, plus or minus 16 hours before the next period is due to come. So in other words, the information is being passed to you back way. If you, for example, have a 29-day cycle and we count from beginning to beginning, you ovulate it on day 14, on day 15 rather. If you have a 27-day cycle, you ovulate on day 13. But the second part of the menstrual cycle is constant. It is always 14 days plus or minus 16 hours before the period comes again. Mm -hmm. That's when the egg is released. And of course, this egg now will live for about three to five days. Sperm lives for about one to two days. <laughs> so if you miss that window, you will not have a pregnancy that cycle. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. So fertilization takes place, the fallopian tube, and it takes a few days to come down for implantation occurring. That is where the fertilized egg now falls on fertile ground in the womb for the development of your of, of your fetus. Of course, implantation can occur in places other than inside the womb, and this would be an ectopic pregnancy. pregnancy. Um, what, what, how does a, 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 just briefly let us look at a ectopic pregnancy. How does that occur? The implantation takes place in other than inside the cavity of the womb. In other words, a negative ultrasound positive pregnancy test equals an ectopic pregnancy. Pregnancy is somewhere now. Mm-hmm. Not, not where it's supposed to be. So it can be in the fallopian tubes? Mm-hmm. Where else could it be? You can really get what we call a tumor abortion, you know, where it actually aborts itself into the cavity of the, of the abdomen. Mm-hmm. And it will eventually resolve itself. But th- that is not common. Okay. The ectopic pregnancy is more common, which is usually a surgical emergency because the pregnancy tries to grow until it pops the tube. So, of course, you're not going to get bleeding. So these people could potentially die from hemorrhaging. So that can happen. Mm-hmm. And then implantation, of course, occurs... The period is missed, and the patient starts feeling funny. (laughs) (laughs) That that funny kind of feeling. So, you know, they might, for example, begin to get sleepy, sleepy. The appetite might be affected. 
first of all, let us always remind the folks that some patients have no symptoms. Or, no, let me even withdraw that further. Some people have no symptoms because pregnancy doesn't make you a patient unless you have a, prob- a medical problem mm-hmm. associated with mm-hmm. your pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Pregnancy is a nat- natural occurrence. Mm-hmm. So no symptoms, persons. Some people some don't. don't. All right, but some usually will get um, a little drowsiness, breast tenderness, nausea. There might be a change in the appetite in either direction. Some people might eat more. Some might eat less. Some people might begin to vomit mm-hmm. in the morning. Some people even have their morning sickness, but that's what we call it at night. And some people have it all the time. And some people have it all the time, and that we call hyperemesis gravidarum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because these these patients may now need to be admitted to hospital, hospital. Yeah. to rest their stomach, nothing by mouth, and give them IV fluids mm-hmm. until they settle down. Giving them, of course, drugs to prevent the vomiting. The nausea, unfortunately, we don't have anything significant for nausea. In fact, <laughs> the last time we tried to treat nausea, we got some serious deformities. That was in the early 60s. Yes. With solidamide babies, where they were born with their hands attached like to their shoulders and so forth. Yes, yeah, so just drink some ginger tea and relax. 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 Just drink some ginger tea. Um, I must say that I've I've seen my sisters both um, sisters went through the whole um, stressful situation with the hyperemesis gravitar. Hyperemesis gravitar. Yes, both of them back and forth in the hospital with IV. And it's probably genetic. And uh, for me, I had no, and I tell you, I had nothing like that. But I I welcome the feeling of not feeling myself because that feeling was my little marker to say, boy, yes. Yeah, you're still pregnant. I'm still pregnant. Yes. That was me. Oh, yes. When I wake up in the morning, let me see if I'm still feeling <laughs> this particular way because, um, that was my little say. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm still pregnant. Okay, another day, another, another day. day. Um, so that was good for me. And since we're on the on the business of days, mm-hmm. a pregnancy is 280 calendar days, nine calendar months and seven days. It is not 10 months because <laughs> it's 40 weeks. All right, it's not 10 months. I, I actually had that encounter with a lawyer <laughs> who had come to see me. And um, when I told her that a month was not four weeks, she insisted that it was. I said, no, a month is not four weeks. The only month that has four weeks is February. And not this year either. Because <laughs> it, it was a leap year. Leap year. <laughs> so the 30 days and the 31 days, it, they, they, they contribute to the count. Okay, so every day counts. Every day counts. counts. So it's nine months, nine calendar months and seven days. And that is not, 280 days is not 10 months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A month is not four weeks. Uh, I I hope I I can impart that tonight. If I I pass that (laughs) out tonight, I'd have done my job. You'd have done your job. Okay, so we look at, um, we're still on on ovulation. Um, Just briefly, what are some of the... 
um, the factors that could inhibit ovulation and implantation? Um, well, those would be two. Um, those could also be seen as two separate mm-hmm. events. Right. Because y- you can have ovulation not, not occurring. Mm-hmm. For several reasons, patient, for example, may have hormone issues. She might have, for example, polycystic ovaries. She might have a pituitary tumor, which secretes the hormone prolactin, which is really the hormone for breastfeeding. But you can actually get this hormone in excessive levels, even if you're not breastfeeding or pregnant. There, there are conditions associated with that, which are associated with infertility. So this can shut down the, um, the, the the ovaries. You could fail to ovulate because they are overweight. Obesity can shut down the, the ovaries. And these people can go through prolonged periods of time, not ovulating, hence no period. Um, fertilization may occur, but you may have disorders of fertilization. For example, you could have genetic issues, so implantation might not occur. And one may argue that this might, be, might, might have been a blessing because you're not sure if what got implanted would have been normal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you, you see how complicated we start getting if it's not going right. True. You know, True. Everything, everything is cool if it's going right. When it stops when stop going right, then you understand how difficult life can be. Is there anything Dre wanted to ask a question? I'm saying it's so scary. It, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a numbers game, you know, everything is statistics. The, the, the statistics are in favor of things going going right. Mm-hmm. Most people will go right. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know that most people will go right. Singles live on the Nation School at School 97 FM. Dr. Milton Hardy, OBGYN, is with us, and we're looking at pregnancy. So, ovulation, fertilization, implantation. Let us look at some of the early symptoms of pregnancy. Yes, which we had already mentioned, mm-hmm. the, the breast tenderness. Um, e- eventually, um, you will... Pregnancy is divided into three trimesters. So in the first trimester, of course, you will find out that you're pregnant and start getting the feelings of pregnancy. How do we make the diagnosis? Well, the period usually goes missing. You'll have to tell me more about this peeing on the stick. Peeing on the stick. (laughs) (laughs) And um, you may or may not do a a pregnancy test, and it can be done at the lab, or or you could even buy a home pregnancy pregnancy test. That is the peeing on the stick that Dre is talking about, yes. Because um, one one of the beautiful things about the home test is that you don't have to worry whether you did it right or not. Because if you did it wrong, you'll get no result. <laughs> you, you won't even get negative. If you have done, so if you have done it correctly, you can get a plus sign or a minus. Or there are some of the, um, the devices that will show you two lines, two lines which says you're pregnant, yes. and one line. 
says you're not. However, you had a little catch. If you do the test too early, you might not get the result that is there. So and if you notice, I didn't say desired result. So what's too early? Uh, nice, nice question. Um, some patients, for example, try to do the test just about when they're to miss the period. And that you, you, might get, you might not get a, 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 a result telling you what really has happened. You could have just done the test too early, so it came back negative. Because we're not assuming that you did it correctly. So you could get a negative result, and you're still pregnant because you have done it too early. Um, in the bad old days, they would say you shouldn't do the test before six, before six weeks since the last period. Um, the, more, the newer and more modern tests, though, will usually give you a result at around the time you miss the period. You know. they, they, they are usually that sensitive, in fact. So they will pick it up before you miss the period. But I don't advocate that at all. Wait until you have missed the period. Mm-hmm. Because you can't. Un- unless you get a positive result, you can't rely on that result at all. And I'll even give you another variance because some patients get a positive result after ovulation and they're not pregnant. So just wait until you miss the period. Mm-hmm. Because pregnancy is always coming, you know. It's not going. It's coming, it's not going. <laughs> Hopefully it's not going. Singles Live on the Nation's Coolest, Cool 97 FM, reminding you that this talk segment is brought to you by Alternative Skin Care. The only choice, their handmade soaps are 100% organic and can be used by men and women of all ages. Available at KW Bloombox, Face Forward Cosmetics, Fontana, Waterloo and Montego Bay or order at Shop ALT Skin Care on Instagram. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Cool 97. Radio. Singles Live on the Nation School at School 97 FM. Tonight, we're looking at pregnancy. Dr. Milton Hardy, OBGYN, is with us. Dre is right over there. I want to say good night, good evening, good morning to our friends joining us while the World Wide Web. Angie Angel, English Muffin, Maxi911. Um... Hi, Max, one of my daughter's um, godmother. <laughs> yes. And Spain G, how are you doing? Everybody's silently listening. Uh, those persons who are listening via the good old radio, I know that your air is glued um, to this topic. So we were looking at um, the diagnosis of pregnancy, apart from you... Um, Using the over-counter um, test, test, kit. test kit, the next thing that you ought to do to really confirm the pregnancy... You should go and see your doctor. Yes, yes. yes. And um, basically, it's history examination. Mm-hmm. You may or may not choose to do any further investigations. The further investigation would be an obstetric ultrasound scan. Um there may be a need to do one that early 
For example, suppose a patient, for whatever reason, presents with bleeding, then you need to make sure that um, the pregnancy is there, pregnancy is alive, but the pregnancy might not be alive. Um, as we get a little older, and when I say a little older, I mean maybe eight to ten weeks, um, the pregnancy, for example, you may have bleeding because of a molar pregnancy. A molar pregnancy is really a proliferation of or an overgrowth. One, one of my friends told me that I mustn't use these medical terms, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of them are hard to break down, but it's an overgrowth of um, placental tissue mm-hmm. and no baby. That would be a molar pregnancy. And um, just, as, just as an aside, and maybe it's not so much as of an aside because um, 10% of all of these molar pregnancies are malignant. So yes, you can get a cancer from getting pregnant. Uh, please remember that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And, um, and of course, one has to check for the number of babies that might be there. <laughs> it might be more than one. <laughs> or the dates might be wrong. So mm-hmm. the, um, you know, the ultrasound findings might not correspond to what you're saying. You might have been pregnant from the month before. And um, you guys, yeah, and you could still get a period. But what gives it away is that um, the period is usually different. It, is, it might be lighter or it might last less days. You know, that's what gives away the patient who is pregnant and still having period because that happens too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It doesn't happen very often, but it does, but it does happen. It does happen significantly enough that we can't not remember that. Mm-hmm. So let's look at the first trimester um, and issues that may occur during the first trimester. And um, let me just run in with this question. Um, Age as it relates to <coughs> carrying a pregnancy. Yes. Um, how important of an issue um, is that? Well, like anything else in medicine, it is always good to do this while you're younger. <laughs> <laughs> there was no debate about that. But of course, you have the social aspects that come into it because you have to go now and do your degree and all manner of things and before you know it you're 37 and you're pushing down the door lots of times having issues getting pregnant now got the fibroids and start growing all them kind of things you know <laughs> while, while your other sisters who got pregnant at 18 and them have the family and everything going great you now have this headache though that confronts you and you may actually not get pregnant so there, there are lots of um, variables to take into consideration so yes you're going to be affected by um, the social mores so mm-hmm. to speak you know rightly or wrongly because sometimes it might just have been the right thing for you to have delayed the pregnancy others seem to be able to manage their life and still be pregnant 
but um, your age is a factor. Yes. What is what is what is a? What is a uh, 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 I don't want to use the word good, but what is? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good age, the ideal inter medically um, to become pregnant. You really want to hear it? Yeah, I want to hear it. Between 18 and 25. Yes, the, the, the medical don't match the social. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because an 18-year-old really shouldn't be having a baby. But physically, <laughs> that's the best time. Mm-hmm. They're at their physical peak. Mm-hmm. But there are other things which mo moderate and modify well, you social, your life. You social. social, right. We understand yeah. that. Yes, yeah. yes. And I made sure to say from a, a medical, um, biological um, perspective. Now why I ask is because in some um, areas... Some, so some societies, societies, yes. Just fine. And that's their culture, yeah. you know. So we we are steeped in the Western in Western mores, mm -hmm. and it, it will influence um, our fertility. Right, because as as women, we're we're having well, I, I don't know the counts, but um, delaying pregnancy uh, and uh, more and more. I don't know if it is statistically true, but yes, it is. It, you know, it it causes. Um, the complications that might arise from you, for example, having your pregnancies older. For example, you do have an increased risk of having an abnormal child. Mm -hmm. the, the older you, you do it, especially if it's the first time, you know. Um, the birth rate worldwide is actually falling, even here, in some developed countries. They have to start paying the people now to have babies. Mm. Because it's not just a matter of having um, a mother having three or five or six babies. You have to factor in things like your workforce. If you, for example, if your birth rate, for example, falls below 2.08, you could have a problem sustaining your population. So it, it is important. Right now, when I was, for example, when I was a medical student... I'm sorry. <laughs> this, this, this is sounding like, you know... No, if you look uh, at... It sounds like, you know, you sh we should have a baby before our future. Yeah, but children yes. are our yeah. future. No, no, no. No, no you, have to create, you, you have to like, regenerate your like, workforce, you know. It's like, think about it. Have a baby now. protect your future. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that is still not as straightforward as that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in some developed countries they're actually paying the people out to have babies and we are actually not far off from that you know mm -hmm. as much as we may think otherwise what yes because our, our, our with them, with them girls no 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 what you have are cohorts you will have cohorts of women who may have more than two babies but most of, you think about it most of the people you know have one. zero, one, or two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, and it it adds into the numbers. It's all it's all about the numbers. Mm -hmm. Right now, Jubilee delivers nine thousand babies per annum or less. When I was a medical student, and I'm not that old, it was over twenty thousand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that, that's a steep fall, you know. 
Well, it's the music. <laughs> <laughs> Too much chopping going on. <laughs> Socially, financially, um, yeah, everybody's looking in that, um, looking at that in terms of a pregnancy. I remember having a conversation um, with my cousins on my mother's side of family, and we were looking at my aunts, and I said, okay, my mom has five, my aunts, they all have four, and their children, which is me and my sisters and my cousins, everybody has one. Mm -hmm. And it adds coming it. from my grandmother who had eight. Then it came down to, as I said, my mom and my aunt, and it's it's no <coughs> one. Every single one of us have one tree. You know that is an upside down pyramid. Mm -hmm. One. And so in in fifty years, it it it, it shows. <laughs> it shows. For example, in China, when they were having the one child per family, what it meant was that each child had four grandparents. Mm -hmm. The pyramid went that way. Mm. Now they have had to free it up because they are they were not regenerating their workforce. Because they have a lot of people, mm. but they also have a lot of jobs to fill. Mm. So none of these things are as straightforward as they might appear to be. True. Let's move back to the issue. Let us look at the first trimester issues. Mm -hmm. So we looked at age is a factor. Age is a factor. Mm -hmm. But then age would factor into all of the trimesters. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. um, so we would say age is a factor in terms of the pregnancy. Um, first trimester, basically, you have things like the vomiting, um, the patient may have given you the wrong dates, so the pregnancy may either be older than what was stated to you, or there might be more than one baby, so you'll be larger than what you say you are. You might have a tumor. You may be pregnant with fibroids, and, which is quite common. And in fact, patients who are pregnant with fibroids do suffer more pains during the course of the pregnancy than is usual. Mm -hmm. All right, and this can sometimes be quite debilitating. Some of these people have to be admitted to hospital to be given powerful painkillers that you can't get to carry home because narcotics. All right, so you, it, it have to be administered in hospital because it's the pains are severe. Um, you may have to pay attention to their hydration, that sort of thing. But um, and of course bleeding, yeah, but first trimester bleeding, mm -hmm. and you can bleed for many reasons. You can bleed because you are threatening to miscarry. Yes, and that's basically how we refer to um, bleeding in the first trimester you can actually move from a threat to actually miscarry. How popular is miscarriage in the first trimester? Common. Common. In fact, um, more people miscarry than they think. Mm -hmm. What they have is a usually delayed, heavy period where a baby they're losing. In fact, more babies are lost than you even realize. 
because they might be lost before you realize that you're even pregnant. Okay, if you're thinking it's, it's, it's you're having a period and you're and it's, and it's heavy. Heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a heavy delayed period. Could have been a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the bleeding would certainly be a big part. Um, for example, um, there is this misnomer, implantation bleeding. Implantation bleeding now don't occur, don't occur usually at, at the time of implantation. It occurs about eight or nine weeks in the pregnancy. And this is when the implanted embryo expands and expands and expands until it fills out the cavity of the womb. And when it makes contact with the other side of the uterus that it is facing, you may have a little bleeding at that time, but that is a diagnosis of exclusion. Where you send them for the ultrasound and you don't really see anything unusual. Mm-hmm. And the bleeding will so- suddenly stop, eh? So it's a diagnosis of exclusion. Okay, so in the first trimester, in terms of um, self-care, mm-hmm. um, I know that sometimes women are given uh, maybe supplements, supplements yes. and so forth. Is, yes, it, is, it, is it across the board? We usually recommend it, you know. Um, although, because of the advances in education just to know that you need to go and have antenatal care if you're pregnant Mm -hmm. just to take some iron supplements and it is a part of our culture that you try to eat right (laughs) just by doing that you know you'll be surprised how it impacts on the the health care of our people for example when I was, uh, during the time I was a medical student, the, the birth weight of our babies rose by two pounds. You know, it, it was coming from about five pounders to seven pounders. And that has nothing to do with affluence. It has to do with education. Because I don't think we have really been an affluent nation. nation. That is so true. We wanted to make sure that we take care of ourselves during the pregnancy and, and education. And, and eat right. Just a knowledge mm-hmm. of what you are supposed to do actually helps mm-hmm. tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first trimester, and there's so much questions out there to ask. We could do a series of programs. And I know this is going to carry through to all the other th- trimesters. Comorbidities. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, comorbidities. Usually more common as you get older, <laughs> of course. <laughs> because the younger patients, they are usually young, fit, healthy, and strong. Having said that, they could still have issues occurring during the pregnancy, you know. For example, you're not too young, for example, to develop hypertension Mm -hmm. during the pregnancy. You're not too young to get preeclampsia in the pregnancy. What is preeclampsia? It's high blood pressure, protein in the urine, and swellings all over the body. And you have to have at least two of them because you can naturally just have swellings over the body. 
if your pressures are normal and you don't have no protein in the urine, you don't have preeclampsia. Mm -hmm. Protein in the urine, though, yes. because I remember during my pregnancy, my doctor said, mm, I think I said a little bit of protein. Pre protein you know, trace. Yes. Commonest reason is contamination. When they go and pass the specimen, some vaginal secretions Probably. find its way in okay. this sample. And once secretions are in there, the the test of protein will be positive. Okay, okay. But it is usually a trace. Because if you start seeing a plus of protein, you will have to begin to wonder, does she have a urinary tract infection, which is also common in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And can, cause, can even cause it going to premature labor. Can cause fetal demise. All right, so it's, these are things that has to be taken into consideration. They are more common during pregnancy. And they're not necessarily trimester-driven. Mm -hmm. You could get a urinary tract infection in any of the trimesters. Mm -hmm. But um, I, um, some of us, I, I think we make too much of an issue about nutrition. Because sometimes, you know, some people just cannot have something when they become pregnant even though it is allegedly good for you. But if it is going to, uh, to upset you, yeah, you're going to it is it. no longer good for you because you're going to vomit it up. Mm -hmm. So just avoid it. Because as far as I'm concerned, if you eat 10 different types of food, if you can keep down 10 different types of food, it is unlikely that you are going to be short of anything. <laughs> Very unlikely. So it is something where the people who pay attention to nutrition probably overdo it. Because some people are really serious sticklers about what I must eat because I'm pregnant, what have you. But they're probably overnourished anyway. But the ones you need to worry about are the ones who are vomiting. You know? Because they are actually now losing not only the nutrition they try to take in, but their body is breaking down too. Mm-hmm. You already have a baby on board, you know, it's two people, and the baby grows at your expense. And then, when that can't happen, he begins to break down too. Mm. All right, but um, anemia, hence the supplements, not uncommon in our situation, and anemia is usually not necessarily as a consequence of nut poor nutrition, but as a consequence of the menses that them used to have. So they start the pregnancy anemic mm -hmm. because of the blood loss for the period. And that because they weren't eating. Because we, in, in all reasonableness, we, we don't have, we, do, we don't see people starving walking around the place. They might not have followed what they wanted to have, but they're not starving. So let us move into the second trimester. So you've gotten over, you know, for those persons. Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> Congrats. Because most persons, don't, before we move into this, don't really want to tell anyone too much no, about they're their pregnant, pregnant in yes. the first trimester. You yeah. want to get... Get beyond, the, get beyond that. Get beyond that, because yes. you know the various things that may occur during that time. Well, moving into the second trimester... Happy moments. Yes. Yes. In fact, the second trimester is indeed a happy trimester. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You, you tend, for example, to 
become more comfortable. The nausea and vomiting seem to go. Well, they do go at that time. Um, so it's really the time when you begin to get to start getting bigger. So when does it usually start? Hmm? Second, second, second trimester. trimester. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You. Twelve weeks. Thirteen weeks. Thirteen weeks. Yes. Yeah. So you now begin to appreciate movements. And if you notice what I just said, appreciate. Because the baby has been moving all along. But you just did not. But you just didn't appreciate. Some mothers do. So in her first pregnancy, you usually do not appreciate movements before 18 weeks. And people have had a child before. They usually will appreciate it at 16 weeks. And for some others, they will t- t- tell they will tell you that they have felt movements before, and some of them are actually telling the truth. Some of them is because the uterus contracting, because the uterus always contracting. You know, once something is inside of it, it always contracts, even if it's a baby inside of it. So, but some people do appreciate the movements um, prior to this, and um, the baby continu- begins co- continues to grow. Um, swims up round in his pond <laughs> somersaults <laughs> and unfortunately can get into trouble with his cord cord yes go ahead doc I'm just okay yes mm-hmm. and uh, yes unfortunately I say they may somersault and tie knots in their cord and uh, every now and then f- a few of them die some of them the cord goes around the neck and as the pregnancy gets older they could um, they could hang themselves. It may also become a problem when you go into labor, where you start getting fetal heart abnormalities as a consequence of problems with the cord. Cord may not even have been wrapped around the head or tied, but it might be along the side of the head, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you get a contraction on the head, squeeze it. And remember now, your baby is plugged in by the placenta to your uterus. So the cord is where the wire coming from the placenta to feed the baby. Mm -hmm. So if you interrupt this wire, even temporarily, you you could get an impact on um, the baby's performance. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you could end up getting what we call fetal distress, where the fetal heart rate starts to become irregular. So you have to now interrupt the pregnancy and deliver by cesarean section. This is after you've gone into labor. Mm-hmm. It usually would not happen if you're not in labor. What well, the amazing, the amazingness, if there's such a word of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, it's almost that there's always a probability. Everything, is, and it, remember now, you know, how we started, it is a joyous time. Mm-hmm. And you could suddenly be plunged into sadness. Mm-hmm. That happens too, you know. Yes. <laughs> and it is sad when you lose the baby. It is even sadder when you lose the mother. And that happens too. Thankfully, it doesn't happen often. Mm. 
You, you, you always pull that one on me when you come in here. <laughs> Singles Live on the Nation's Coolest, Cool 97 FM, reminding you that this talk segment is brought to you by Alternative Skin Care, the only choice. And remember, our body absorbs many of the things we apply topically. So you need to use the best alternative skin care natural soaps made from sea moss, charcoal, aloe vera, turmeric and uh, peppermint remember you can mm. shop because the soaps are available at KW Bloombox Face Forward Cosmetics Fontana Waterloo and Montego Bay or you can order online at shop ALT skincare and that's on Instagram we're going to take a break we'll be right back live on the nation's coolest cool 97 fm uh, marho says very informative dr hardy yes he always comes in with some informative information some things sometimes that catches me um i wouldn't say off guard but have to think for a minute and absorb um some of the things that i learn while dr hardy is in but it's all good stuff all good stuff so um second trimester um what else happens during this time in terms um, of the second trimester well basically you try to well you're always monitoring the patient mm-hmm. right? so whenever they come in you weigh them you check their urine you listen to the fetal heart you do their blood pressures um you check to make sure that the legs aren't very swollen. But do you normally get swollen legs in the yes, second trimester? Yeah, you get swollen legs through the entire pregnancy, and that's why swelling on its own would not be considered a feature of, say, preeclampsia. Mm-hmm. You must have high blood pressure and protein in the urine because you can have swelling of the legs in a normal pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you've got to do a little screening um, for diabetes because it might not be so overt. Some people might start spilling sugars in their urine and those you do a glucose tolerance test. Um, there is another test we do, the O'Sullivan's test, which you get a sugar challenge that is to drink some sugary drink and your blood is checked after an hour and the levels, the readings you get will give you an indicator as to whether you will go on to develop gestational diabetes because you never had diabetes before and people who develop gestational diabetes um, do have a high incidence of developing diabetes when they get to that age from 45 to 55, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Adult, the adult onset diabetes. One of the interesting things about diabetes in pregnancy, it increases the risk of maternal, that is the mother, 
maternal morbidity and mortality, it also increases the risk of fetal morbidity and mortality. The sugar babies tend to be bigger, so you have a higher incidence for cesarean sections in this, in this group because of the size of the babies. Of the babies, yeah. yes. There's also another cohort that could have you, could get you a small baby too, you know. But um, that's not so common. That, that, is, yeah, that, that is a medical argument. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't confuse mm-hmm. you with that. Mm-hmm. There's even an increased incidence. Uh, but this is usually for diabetics of um, fetal abnormalities and miscarriages earlier on in the pregnancy. If you started as a diabetic, especially if the control is not good. That's the, that, that's the crux of the matter, the, the level of control. Anything else? Your other, um, well, your hypertension might begin, it might not. And the other issues you may have, you may have, for example, your fibroids. I keep talking about fibroids, it's one of my favorite areas. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, you begin to getting pains from the what we call the degenerating fibroids, which again is a misnomer because they're not going anywhere. But they hurt you. But that's what it's called. Um, but the second trimester essentially is a trimester of feeling good. Um, and the, the patients usually enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Now, when you get to the third trimester, mm-hmm. now, you start complaining now because you can't find a comfortable place to sleep at nights. You know, it begins to become uncomfortable. You even notice that you can't eat so much anymore. You tend to have more frequent but smaller meals. Because there's no space. No space, no leave, Dre. Because the baby started taking up. This is when? Third trimester. Yeah, we're getting into the third trimester now. Yes, that's correct. But you say we're getting more miserable? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then... The doctor agreed, so I'm not right. That's true, because you, you start to get uncomfortable. You, yeah. c- you can no longer see your toes. No. You can't um, bend over to do certain things. Somebody has to put your shoes on sometimes. <laughs> 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 Those kinds of things, as, and as Doc says, you start to f- try to find a position to to sleep, and it's it's uncomfortable. Uh, little things like that. Um, then the then the um, other conditions, you know, tend to come on more frequently at that time, like the high blood pressure, the diabetes, and all of the. Um, Illnesses that you could acquire as you get older in the pregnancy, mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. And these things can change rapidly. Yes, so you could be okay one minute and yes. next so minute you're words, not. The, the visits, therefore, start to become more frequent. Mm-hmm. And that is the reason for that. We can't tell you to come back in four weeks anymore because things get the world got changed in two. You say normally move on to a week? Yes. Yes, a week. Towards the end, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's weekly. Weekly. You, so you move from four to two to one. Mm-hmm. Hear that, Dre? Okay. Yeah. I'm handing over the button. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Mm-hmm. 
and they know that the, the, at this particular time, for me, um, when you went for your checkup and, and, and they're examining um, your baby, and you see the doctor look for um, the various, like they look at the heart, make sure the heart rate is okay. Yeah, it's the fetal heart, the presentation. Yes. Uh, I mean, kidneys. Is the, ki- is the head coming first? Yes, that or, sort of thing. Or is the breach coming first? Boy, let me tell you, those moments for me, I can't speak for anybody else. I can only speak for me when it was. The just breach being the bottom, by the way. <laughs> when you see, when, you, when your doctor doing the ultrasound and he stops for a while and. You want? Oh my God! What's happening now? And he said, "Okay, I just want to make sure. For just relax. I want to make sure that everything is okay. We're seeing the 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 the, the heart. We're looking at the kidneys. We're looking at the, the the spine. We're looking at the brain, fingers and toes. And the only thing you're really interested in at that point in time, if it's a boy or a girl, <laughs> but you don't want to hear. You really and and maybe that is one of the reasons um, for me and." I continue i have to say this at my age i wouldn't i don't think i would want to at my age go through all of those um things again because i maybe i know they they they, they, it becomes as dr hardy says the complication of um pregnancies in older women not that we're older you know but it does the possibility is greater and in fact old in pregnancy is actually a young age you know Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, old is thirty-five, you know. Yes, I know. Once you pass thirty-five, then they call you what? What do I call it? Geriatric? And, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> n- n- not so unkind. <laughs> You're called an elderly gravida. No, dear father, my doesn't <laughs> call it the geriatric. <laughs> well, don't, hey, Dre, don't. But it worse than the geriatric pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, but those are the little things um, that, for me, um, I really... Um, I wouldn't say took a toll, but it was for co- a concern when you go to the doctor and he was examining um, the baby at that time. Um, um, so, alright, question. Maybe I've watched too many movies, but like, at what point would they turn mm-mm. the baby? Alright. And how, mm. how much of a risk is that? Yes. All right. Good question. That don't, I'm glad nobody turned around. We don't turn babies anymore. Thank it, God. It used to be done in the bad old days. And um, for, for the simple reason mm-hmm. that you're on the risk of, one, rupturing the uterus. And a ruptured uterus hmm. equals a dead baby plus or minus a dead mother. Mm-hmm. Or two you could get what we call an abruption of the placenta, where the placenta tears off of the wall. It becomes unplugged. Mm-hmm. From the, because that's what it really is. It's plugged into the wall of the uterus. Mm-hmm. So th- th- these are procedures that one should not embark upon. And thirdly, sometimes you might claim to have successfully turned a baby. And the baby go back to where it was. <laughs> <laughs> so we're wasting time. That patient needs a cesarean section. How does that happen? Or why does that happen? Uh, Good question again. And it probably has happened for the reason why it was there in the first place. Mm -hmm. Did did this mother, for example, have extra waters, extra lycor, which makes it easy for the baby to turn? She could also have had a 
deformity of the womb itself, which dictated that the baby could have been in that position. Although you could argue that what you turn him, so him shouldn't turn back then. But it happens. What in terms of breach, though? The baby's just not turning. Well, 97% of them turn head down. Up to 32 weeks, 25% of them might be in the breach. But by the time we get to term, only 3% of them mm -hmm. are in the breach. Some are in the breach for no good reason. Some may be due to a problem with the uterus, whether they're maybe fibroids or whatever. Maybe there might have been some other abnormality of the womb, which could have been congenital. You're born with it. It could be a problem with the waters, probably have too much waters. They just sit up in there. And that, <laughs> no, they, they get more space to, yes, do to do the things that they, they know you don't want them to do. Okay, right? okay. Sometimes it might be a card problem. Mm. Card might have dictated that the baby is in that position. Okay. So why is it so dangerous for him to be in that position? Two? Why is it so dangerous for him to be in that position? In the breech position? Is Re it remember dangerous? Now, remember now, you know, if you have a yeah. baby, card wrap around him neck twice, and he's in the breech, we don't really want to get mixed up with that card until that delivery, you know. Because you're trying to turn him, what's going to happen? Choking. You might choke. Mm -hmm. You might hang the baby. And it's not necessarily a physical choke, you know. You get an interference with the blood supply. Because the blood vessels are going through that cord. And if you tamper with the cord, the blood vessels naturally contract. And th that's what triggers off the baby, for example, to, to, to breathe when you clamp the cord. Having, having shut down the blood supply from the cord now, nature kicks in. And in fact, the circulation reverses because the circulation in utero is going in one direction. Once you clamp the cord, it goes into the adult direction. So, you know, lots of little mechanisms are occurring here. Okay, we're, 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 we're learning, we're learning tonight. So, third trimester, planning uh, your delivery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, for example, if you are a term and you're in the breach, especially if it's your first baby, <laughs> you're in elective cesarean section. Yep, right away. And the reason for this is that um, because people will say oh but I did it but normally and the answer to that is that you got away wow because if I have 10 mothers if I have 10 mothers in their first pregnancy in the breech position 8 of them will get away but 20 babies going to die how? The cervix traps the aftercoming head, the baby's head. Mm -hmm. Right now, you can maneuver what you are trying to maneuver. Baby is a, de a dead baby. Mm -hmm. So it's all about numbers. So you know, you'll find, you'll hear people say, "Oh, yeah, but I deliver normally." No, they. Mm -hmm. you, you got away. Mm -hmm. 
Because we don't know which two not going to get away, you know. Mm-hmm. We don't know which two not going to get away. And it might not necessarily be the biggest one who get caught, you know, for whatever reason. It might not be. So you can't even say you're going to try to evaluate and decide that which one of our greater chance of running into problems. 20% mortality is just unacceptable. So you can't take no chance with anybody in that group. Mm-hmm. You may plan for a vaginal delivery. And remember now, term is a long time. Term starts at 37 weeks. Before 37 weeks, you're having a preterm baby. After 37 weeks, 37 weeks onwards, you're term. And term can go up to 42 weeks, although I don't hear my pregnancies once you get to your due date. And this is so because all parts of pregnancy has its own set of problems. So if you deliver before your date, it has its own problems. Delivering on your due date has its own set of problems too. So I don't see why I should take on another set of problems Mm -hmm. by going past your dates. So by delivering you at your due date, we uh, we have eliminated the problems of being post-dates. That's not going to happen in our pregnancy. Um, You'll find that the babies tend to... You see, the placenta has a shelf life, you know. Mm-hmm. And in that time, it just stops. It's it not going to go on indefinitely. And and you sometimes get no prediction of this. Going post-dates, you find out now the mother, her weight has leveled off or she now has begun to lose weight. And weight loss in pregnancy is not a good thing. All right? Should I mention that the normal weight gain in pregnancy is 20 to 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. And um, you gain one third of the weight in the first two trimesters, and you gain two thirds of the weight in the, in the last tri- one third. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So lots of things happen in the in the third trimester. But as we're talking about the um, going post dates, so you start having problems now with the baby start losing weight and you know, increase your risk of developing all of the problems that you never had before. So you're you're, you're now adding new risks to the situation. And as I said before, placenta is a shelf life. It usually works up to 42 weeks. Some will work up to 44. But some will not work at 42 weeks and two days. It will shut down. Doom. Okay, so, but apart from the weight loss, like, what, what else? What? No, weight loss has its own significance, you know, because one of the things about pregnancy is that the parameters that you check, they're not numerous. So you now have to combine them together with other things that might be happening to see what has caused these things to happen. For example, you could lose weight in pregnancy just because you're not resting. You're doing too much. It may be because of some disease process. Do you have, for example, a bladder infection? Do you have, for example, an elevation in your blood pressures? 
And this, of course, is dangerous for both mother and baby. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, the clock on the wall tells us that we have to put some pep in our step. Um, so, <laughs> I understand, Dre. We know you want to learn as much as you can. So we look at delivery and the type of delivery. Yes. So are um, we going normally or are we not going normally? normally. Um, all right, a little piece of statistics. In a first pregnancy, 75% of the mothers will deliver normally. And the number as such, 75%, is because the pelvis has never been tried before. Because in the people who delivered normally in their first pregnancy, providing they have not changed their spouses, the chances of delivering normally again is 99%. So, your ability to deliver vaginally is a factor here. Some people obviously have a better ability to do so than others. Mm -hmm. Yes, some people just... Babies are out. Yeah. While others, C-section, here we come. You have the others, too, who, mm -hmm. having had a section, they will come and say, Doc, you don't think we could try to deliver normally the next time. And this can be done. It actually has a name. They call it Trial of Scar. Hmm. But, but I am not into too much trial. You know, no, sir. Because a trial can lead to a failure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and a failure is lethal. You can lose baby or baby and mother. I'm not going to run the risk of rupturing a uterus, and that's my feeling on that's it. That's your feeling on it. So once a C-section... But it's all, it's, um, it, it, it is allowable. You know, don't get me wrong. But it is not advisable by you. I don't, I don't no. advise it to my mm, patients. To your patients. So you start off with your first baby's a C-section. You, you're going to continue. Continue like that. So let me... I'm not sure if this question was answered, but is it... Is it um, like a recommendation if something goes wrong to have a C-section or can you just like decide that you want to have a C-section? Okay, cesarean section on demand. Um, good, very good question. Mm -hmm. I am um, being trained in the British system that usually is not an indication. The Americans, though, use it as an indication. Um, use, it, use what exactly? section on demand, where, where the mother decides that, decides she, that she, she wants a section. Yes. Mm -hmm. My feelings on that have softened as I've gotten older. For the simple reason that if a mother demands a cesarean section and anything were ever to go wrong, even if it was not anticipated, you have no legs to stand on. So if a mother comes to me and says, I want a section, you're going to get a section. Because cesarean section on demand is an indication for a cesarean section, certainly by the Americans. 
and I, I have softened my approach to it because um, I find that sometimes our approach by the British system is a little bit too punitive. My mother come and says she was a section. I think you should section her. Yeah, well, is there, is it, are there... You reasons? might not have any medical reasons to, to cut her, you know? No, 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 I get it. I get that. So well, what I'm, I think what I'm... That, that, that you know of. Mm-hmm. Because some of them will go so. Mm-hmm. What I'm asking, is it that, is it recommended against to have a... Season? A normal delivery? Yeah, versus having a normal... No, we, we will always lean in the direction of normal delivery, providing there are no reasons why you shouldn't. Yeah, but so... But why? Demanding us... Why, why? Mother pregnancy has gone very well. Mother has no problems. Um, the baby is not inordinately big. Because the size of the baby sometimes have nothing to do with a patient failing to progress, you know. You could fail to progress because the uterus not contracting effectively. You could have failed to progress because the head... Remember now, the head is not a ball, you know. So not every, dia- not every diameter is the same in the head. And depending on how the head is flexed or deflexed, it can determine which diameter faces the pelvis. And some diameters are longer than others. For example, a patient, a baby presenting by the face, face can't go, that's a section. Yet if that child, for whatever reason, his head was flexed, or rather, for any good reason, and he had a flex, so that baby would probably deliver vaginally. Another one comes and him, for whatever reason, looking, because, looking like it that. It seems to me like the safest and easiest way to go is by doing the C-section. Um, <laughs> no, well, we... we that, that has to be taken. And that's why I'm asking. It, 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 it has to be taken. No, it has to be taken in its own context. Um, remember, you know, cesarean section is a surgery. Mm-hmm, just surgery. So you don't really want to take on more surgeries than you should. Anesthesiologist is yeah, there. Yeah, the anesthesiologist. Yes. You know. You have to be literally, you can't be having any high blood pressure or anything like that. I think well, it no, just has to be monitored. No, I, mean, I mean, emergency that C-section. Could in, that will get you into a section. Yes. The pressure is yes. High, you know, because you may have, you may not want this lady to push, you know. Yeah, that's true. Because her pressures are up. So it, it, it's a dynamic mm-hmm. situation. It, it, it's, not, it, it, it's nothing where one size fits all. You know, every case has to be taken on its own in, merit. I don't know. I'm not hearing much of a supportive argument. No, but did you hear what Dr. Hardy said? Dr. Hardy says that if you and your partner comes in and choose... I understand that. I get that. But I'm saying, all I'm asking is it, are there more benefits of going... With a natural, natural vaginal, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to a, as, as opposed, opposed to a C-section, and I haven't heard much of a supportive argument for that. No, we no, we always will go normally I, because yeah, pregnancy I, is a natural process, and so uh, and we will allow you to deliver normally if you have to. In, in some societies, you know. They actually do more sections than normal deliveries, but that's not a good thing. But the, uh, the, the thing, I think, Dre, uh, let me say this, Dre. I think if you were to look at um, 
post is it post delivery in mm-hmm. terms of a C-section versus a natural um, birth? Um, well, yes. My patients stay in hospital one day, one day longer if, for, if, if I have bisection. Yeah. yeah. Which, which is not a hell of a lot of time. Mm-hmm. But, um, and they, and oh, then the aftercare. One of, yeah, you have to factor in other things. Mm-hmm. You know, the I, I didn't really want to go down that road about the cost. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big that's a big part of the whole equation. And cost not only to the patient, you know. We are a, we are a poor country and whether the patient pays or not, somebody pays, you know, a section of a certain cost. That has to be paid for. But we're still not going to restrict ourselves to the cost. We have to take everything into consideration. Because, as we said before, you're exposing the person to surgery, anesthesia, that sort of thing. You have... I, 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 I will not even finish yet, you know, because you have your epidural anesthesia for people going into labor who don't want to feel any pains. And some of them will progress to full dilatation. The baby actually comes down but yeah, you know have an increased risk of you having to use forceps to deliver the baby because because you have given the anesthetic. The mother, no matter how much you're instructing her, some of them just can't push because they're not getting the natural urges because they're not feeling anything. Mm-hmm. Although the head is down there. So you have to help them out, pull out the baby. Yeah. And if you put on forceps correctly, it probably isn't as dangerous as it sounds, but nobody really wants forceps on them baby head. Uh, yeah, unless you have to. <laughs> according to spoil up your baby head. No, that, that uh, usually that corrects itself. <laughs> <laughs> because the baby head is, is somewhat is on the it, it is malleable. Yes. They, 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 it's in several pieces, the bones, and they slide over and under each other. Uh, and that is actually designed by God to cause the delivery process to be safer. Mm-hmm. But um, you have other problems too. Some people getting an epidural will have a headache for a month as a consequence of just having had the epidural. So everything has to be taken. But the epidural can be had in both the natural and yes, the Yes, yes. Uh, no, but that's the whole point. <laughs> everything has its consequences. And you have to deal with each patient each accordingly. Patient you can't, yes, on their each, own on merit. Their own merit. Okay. Yeah, each patient on their own merit. Because if you can deliver vaginally, you know, I can't justify sectioning you, you know. You know. Mm-hmm. And I've added to my list of indications for cesarean section, cesarean section on demand. It actually has a name. And if a mother, if a, if a couple demands it, I will offer it to them. Well, uh, honestly, I was relieved when my, based on the fact that my daughter was breached and um, my doctor says, you know, a C-section, yeah. it's going to be honestly, doc. Yeah, I was relieved. I was like, gravid, oh my God. Primary gravid breach is an elective cesarean section. I'm like, that, that I, 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 I was relieved that I was going to do a C-section. I must say that. An elderly mother. No. <laughs> if you're an elderly mother, 
there's a very good chance that I'm going to offer you a cesarean section mm-hmm. from the beginning. Bec- and the assumption is that this might not happen again. You're coming in at 43, your first pregnancy. We're not going to go into labor mm-hmm. if I am the manager. Yeah, so true. So every every case has to be mm-hmm. dealt with on its own merit. And, and we can't section everybody. We, we, we won't be able to deliver the babies. That was the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and as Doc says, it's a very costly um, situation with um, your C-sections. We couldn't do 30 sections at Jubilee every day. That, that just is... Wouldn't happen. That just can't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, post-delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we're at right now. Um, what happens after? Well, naturally, the baby has to be... Mother and baby has to be cared for. Um, one of the unfortunate things in various places where they don't keep the babies long enough is that cause there are lots of things not necessarily the mother mother can get up and go home in 12 hours but lots of things with the baby will not show for 48 hours mm. and at 12 hours baby gone already gone long before the 48 mm-hmm. things like the jaundice might, might not be, will not begin to show in most cases. So um, there definitely is um, care for the baby. There might be care for the mother, because remember now some mothers, they deliver normally, but they get a slit, which we have to repair. And it has advantages, which we will probably get into off here. <laughs> repair it better than it was before. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I can say it. <laughs> repair it, or fix it up good. <laughs> and um, the... There is care for that. Um, care for even the breasts, how to breastfeed, mm-hmm. how to bathe the baby. If somebody didn't teach you how to bathe the baby, you probably might find that it is a degree program, you know. Mm-hmm. All right? So it's not just soap and water? No. Yeah, yeah, but the technique, the technique. You, you know, how you go about doing it. If you have never done it before, it might actually not be as easy as you think, you know. I think the breastfeeding part, though, for first-time mothers can be sometimes... Yes, and they might be, they will have to be helped. Some people, of course, um, go to Lamar's classes, so they get a little insight as to what might have happened before. But why is it, though, that, and, and we're still watching the clock on the wall, I remember in my case, um, the, my, the nurse that was taking care of me said, boy... Um, we're not getting the the breast milk is not is not coming. It is, it, it yeah, and, uh, and I'm like, I want to get. I'm, I'm talking to my breast in the hospital. <laughs> I'm like, you better try to come back because I want to go. <laughs> no, it, 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 takes four, it takes four days for the milk to Listen, Doc, I'm talking to my breast on the ward. I'm like, oh, you, I want to go home. You try to go. <laughs> Dre? I mean, secretions come from yes, the breast the, once you deliver, you know. Yeah. And these secretions are important because yeah. it may have, it, it, it contains antibodies which the baby hasn't made yet. I thought they were holding me hostage. No, it, but it takes four days for the milk to come down. But um, w- what you're getting from from the breasts in those four days is usually still enough for the baby. Mm-hmm, right. mm-hmm. Just put the baby on the breast. Because if the baby is not on the breast, it will not stimulate, stimulate. milk production. Yes. 
I pray, I pray that I said, come hurry, let us with Nasty here one more night. Because she was fine, I mean, mm-hmm. yes. Then, of course, you have your high fluid consumption because you're going to breastfeed. You have to drink a lot of fluid so your body can make milk. Yeah, I don't want to scare Dre away with the boys out to the especially a C-section and that little catheter that they um <laughs> not telling Dre. No, but it's just one of those moments. Okay. It's just I one guess it could be uncomfortable to be catheterized, you know. Yes. So Dre's asking about the natural birth and the C-section. So I'm telling him, giving him little snippets of ha- what happens um, with the C-section. Well, you might have to catheterize the patient, even a normal delivery. Mm-hmm. Because if she has a full bladder, it can obstruct the, the head from coming down. Mm-hmm. So you may very well have to empty the bladder with a catheter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and since we're in the, in the post-delivery phase now, you have the postnatal checkup. Mm-hmm. Six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah. All right. When the mother comes, and well, of course, you're going to inquire about how the baby is doing. Is the baby sucking the breast? Is the baby using the no, not using the bathroom. This is a baby passing stools. stools and urine. Yes, yes. And, it, you know, the baby feeding well. Immunizations, are they on track? And then, of course, you're going to check the mother now to make sure that, one, her pressures are normal. If she had gestational diabetes, you should have been actually treating that as we go along so that you w- would know where you're at, whether it has gone for now, and I say for now because it probably might only be there for the pregnancy, but it will come back, usually come back down the road mm-hmm. when you're in your 40s. Mm-hmm. Is, the, is, the, is the blood pressure satisfactory? Do you need treatment? Did you have high blood pressure during the pregnancy? Some mothers actually find develop hypertension post delivery, and the and what I think is the main cause for it is you not sleeping. <laughs> because a baby is four months of punishment, you know. You, you will not sleep very well for four months. For the first four months. Yes, yes. From the day you have then you stop sleeping well at nights. <laughs> uh, yes. The last time I had a full night's rest was the night before my C-section. After that, it's never the same again. That's just me. And then yeah. most importantly, you, lots of the patients, their pap smears are done at six weeks. I tend not to do it at six weeks, but a little later. Um, but some of the patients, especially if you can't guarantee that they're going to come back, you make sure you do their pap smears. And very importantly, you have to talk about contraception. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of the um, six-week visit. Yes, you can get pregnant before your peers return. Mm-hmm. Like that, Ray. Like that. Baby back to back pregnant, pregnant every year <laughs> with no break in between. You know, I think that happened to a teacher of mine in high school. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's, she's just always pregnant. <laughs> so, she, she probably, always pregnant. She's probably a Catholic too. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, she's uh, every year. 
everything mm-hmm. she's never yet like not pregnant. not pregnant oh she's been pregnant for five six years consecutively just like that so we looked um what do you look for now in terms of um a patient coming back for um her six weeks checkup in terms of the um c-section all right fine um well, naturally, you would have seen her before. Right. Because you want to check on the, the wound, making sure that it has healed. And you're going to look for the other things that you would look for in any other pregnant lady. Um, is she, for example, having any, any loss from the vagina, whether it's blood or whatever? This tends to progress from bloody right after the delivery until pink and brown and eventually nothing. Mm-hmm. You, for example, will find mothers may turn up that they had a heavy day of bleeding after the bleeding had seemed to have subsided. So, of course, I naturally ask, what were you doing the day before you had the bleed? And they, lots of times they are usually too active. Yes, yeah. That, so, yeah. They, so the following day they will bleed. Mm-hmm. And um, you're going to make sure that she's passing her stools all right. There's no burning when she passes the urine. She's breastfeeding adequately. All of the things that you would do uh, on a normal postnatal visit. The pap smear if you so desire. And um, discussion of, about contraception. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is there, we're getting ready to kind of wrap things up. We went over a little, but the information is so good. We want to make sure that we cover um, all aspects of um, that. I have to ask about the C-section. How long does it take for uh, a C-section, a mother who has had a C-section to fully recover? Again, it, 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 there are lots of variables. It depends on the mother. Mm-hmm. For some ladies, just bounce back from surgery very well. And naturally, the operator and op- operator skills and experience will play a vital role in all of this. But um, most of the people who do cesarean sections are very skilled at it anyway. Mm-hmm. So th- th- that will not even be a, a factor here. But um, it, it all depends on how mom, how, the level of care she had in the hospital, and how well mother, how good is mother's he- health, mm-hmm. and how well she takes care of herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because as I said before, my, my, my normal deliveries, they wake up two mornings in the hospital. It's a careful for what I said. I didn't say 48 hours, I said I wake up two mornings. Because it, depending on the time of day that you delivered, you might not have done 48 hours. You know you have awakened two mornings. My cesareans, providing the mother has no other medical problem, they, go, they wake up three mornings. Three mornings. So it's not an inordinately longer time than a normal delivery. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that um, we should know um, that is of importance before we wrap things up, Doc? 
kind of thing. Oh, anything off hand? I mean, you could prompt me, but um. <laughs> no, I think I think I think we have um, covered the topic as best as we possibly can. I mean, there's always questions to be asked. Um, but I realize that everybody's quietly listening. Well, all we talk about tonight was normal pregnancy. Normal pregnancy. Yeah, have, have a whole library of abnormal pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did say it was the good night. It was the good night. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a good night. A good night of um, having a conversation about pregnancy. And when you think about from conception to birth you think of how amazing with all the things that can go wrong yes indeed in that, that so many of us have gone right mm-hmm. yes yes it's amazing yeah so many things could have gone wrong but as doc says a lot of things a lot of us have gone right man you know the 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 estimation is that for every pregnancy we have had who have been lost naturally, you know. Mm-hmm. So people get pregnant far more than we think. And if you assume that something wasn't going right, why we lost two for each one we got, then maybe, just maybe, so many things didn't go right for so many of us. <laughs> a- after all. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's 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 all about chance. It's all about chance from that sperm and started that the race towards that egg. How many millions, bil, is it billion or million that starts the race? Million. <laughs> Mi- um, million starts that race, Dre. We must remember that um, if you have less than 20 million sperms per mil, the pos- it's an infertile count. Oh, dear. Um... You only need one to do the, 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 the damage, you know, because only one that does the, the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But they, they must run in a large pack. And then Love Company? They Love Company. So, so it, was it was it in one of our, one of our um, I, I call them one of our class sessions, um, one of some of those sperms are carry certain enzymes that... that yes, and, <laughs> that it, and once fertilization takes place, the others can't penetrate it. So, the, the um, fertilized egg develops a barrier. So mm-hmm. you're not going to get any more fertilizations. So in other words, two sperms are going to hit the same egg and, and you get a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. To get a twin, now that egg has to split up. They have to split, but it's not two sperms that cause it. Two sperms might fertilize two different eggs. Mm-hmm. At different, all at different times too. Uh, well, it can, the time can't be that way off. It can't be way off. It can't be that off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go there. <laughs> it can't be that, that off. It can't be that way off. So one, yeah. Okay. Let me not go there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Dr. Hardy, I want to say thank you so much. And um, 
Oh, yes. First Lady Hobbs. <laughs> and this is what they're saying. And I, I thought as much for, for our friends joining us by the World Wide Web. Nonetheless, we have some very um, young listeners who are listening via the radio and they're learning a lot. But First Lady Hobbs says, and we are too old to be asking questions. <laughs> we went through it already. <laughs> I made that disclaimer too when, um, when I started the program that this was for <laughs> but we have our listeners um, who I know they're listening because um, when I sent out the, the, the blast, they too um, were curious. And a number of, 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 of the ladies that um, were interested um, and is interested in the program were older. Um, yeah, they, have, older. they have daughters. No, some of them don't have any children, okay. but they're looking forward to. Mm -hmm. So they really wanted to hear this program. And then you have a couple or couples who have been having issues um, with pregnancy, with getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. they too are listening to the program. And then you have the older folks like myself over there who says, okay, let me just relax and hear what Dr. Hardy has to say. But I'm glad I have learned. Um, so has Dre. So we appreciate you as always for coming in, for taking time out to chit chat with us. It, it has been such a, an informative show that there we are, we who gone way over the time with just half an hour to play our music in the music segment. Mm, we, have, we have cheated music tonight. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, music can 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 can, can yes, yes. <laughs> so we have delayed a uh, pregnancy tonight. <laughs> and uh, first lady Hob says, as a midwife student, I have learned a lot. We appreciate you. We thank you so much, Dr. Hardy. And I'll catch you. Am I seeing you next month? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that'll be. I, I'm, I'm thinking what we're going to do next month. What is it? You'll see me next month. Yes. You should see me next month. <laughs> all, thing, all, all things, things being, being equal. equal. You'll, yes, we'll be together next month. And I'm sure another informative um, topic um, to talk about, to discuss. Also, as we wrap things up inside the talk segment, reminding you that this talk segment was brought to you by Alternative Skin Care. Our skin absorbs many of the things we apply topically. So use the best. Choose Alternative Skin Care natural soaps made from sea moss, charcoal, aloe vera, turmeric, and peppermint. Find us on social media at shop. ALT Skin Care and you can email shop ALT Skin Care at gmail.com and you can join us next week which will be uh, it's next week Thursday is a new month already first Thursday of the month um, for another interesting <laughs> no part two no we don't have a part no, two next to this Thursday is the next so it's going to be at yeah okay no, Lady Hobbs, we won't have a part two um, next week. We'll have another topic, and Dr. Hardy will be back with us next month. Uh, so you can look out for another interesting uh, topic then. Cool 97. Radio. Radio.